welcome to the Terry and Jesse show. Matt Arnold sitting in for Jess Romero. Matt, welcome again to for filling in for Jess Romero. Thank you, Terry. It's always an honor to be here. Uh, we're glad to have you aboard. And don't forget, folks, you Matt is going to have another hour right after this hour with his show. Uh, today's topic I'm really excited about. Not so much the first topic, which is what message is Pope Francis sending with his new choice of cardinals. But I'm really excited to talk about the Sacred Heart of Jesus for the month of June because this will actually edify you. It edified me to really delve deep into the theology of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Uh, we're also going to be given some good news stories that are coming by. Uh, to me, whenever I hear of parishes doing Eucharistic uh, processions out on the streets, I think, wow, this is exactly what the church needs to be doing. And we're going to talk about that. And much, much more. We have Church Militant coming in on the fourth segment to talk about the news uh, there. And uh, I just want to welcome you. And as you know, if Jesse was here, I'd say, Jess, let's get some soul food by reading the good <laughs> news of the gospel. So, Je Matt, let's go ahead and read John chapter 17, 11 to 19, please. Lifting up his eyes to heaven, and Jesus prayed, saying... <laughs> Holy Father, keep them in your name that you have given me, so that they may be one, just as we are one. When I was with them, I protected them in your name that you gave me, and I guarded them, and none of them was lost except the Son of Destruction, in order that the Scripture might be fulfilled. But now I am coming to you. I speak this in the world, so that they may share my joy completely. I gave them your word, and the world hated them, because they do not belong to the world any more than I belong to the world. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They do not belong to the world any more than I belong to the world. Consecrate them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I sent them into the world, and I consecrate myself for them, so that they also may be consecrated in truth. Thus far, the words of the Holy Gospel. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Matthew, I can't wait to hear your commentary, but I love the word <laughs> consecrate. I love all of it, but let's hear what you have to say. Oh, well, it's a beautiful thing. I think one of the things that, that strikes me about this, it always strikes me about this, when you, when you place it in the context of John's Gospel, yeah. you go to John 3, where Jesus is talking to Nicodemus, and he says, God so loved the world. That's right that he sent his only begotten son so that whoever believes in him might not perish but have life eternal. So this is, this is the, the context he's, he's giving us here, that, that Jesus was sent into the world to, for our salvation, and he says to the Father, I sent them in the world just the way you sent me into the world. Amen. Now, there are people, Terry, who are called to, to set themselves apart and live lives of continual prayer, on behalf of the body of Christ. Amen. Every one of us needs solitude. Every one of us needs uh, um, silence. Every one of us needs time to work on that personal relationship with God to which we are all called. Mm -hmm. But we are not called to leave the world. We, we are meant to be salt and light. So that, that's one thing, that, that the world, the flesh, and the devil, these are the enemies of the soul, but God loves the world. And so it's about transforming the world. And the way you transform the world is by transforming yourself. Amen. The way you help the body of Christ is by having a deeper relationship with our Lord Jesus Christ. And then all those other relationships flow from that. 
What, what does Jesus say? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Okay? The other thing, <laughs> of course, is that um, our Lord refers uh, not at all obliquely, but rather specifically to Judas. That's right. None of them were lost except the son of... You understand that, that when this is part of our Lord's high priestly prayer, Judas is busy betraying him at this moment. You know, he's, he's, not, he's not dead and gone yet. Right. <clears throat> but, but he says, look, I, I didn't lose any except this one. The, the son of perdition is Ooh. the traditional... Uh, yeah, you don't uh, want to be that. No. <laughs> that, and, and that he says that his loss was a fulfillment, right, of the yes. scriptures. That he, and, he, and he kept saying, look, the son of man is going to be betrayed. Yep. You know, and, uh, and <clears throat> you had mentioned that, um, you know, a, a lot of folks... Try and sort of rehabilitate Judas. Yeah, well, I don't know why, but I guess it's because they want universal salvation to be taught. Well, I, well, you know that that seems a reasonable uh, uh, suspicion, mm-hmm. right? Because um, why why is it so uh, difficult to believe that Judas lost his eternal salvation when our Lord says it would be better for him had he never been born? Exactly. I mean, obviously, if he's enjoying the beatific vision, then that would be that would be a falsehood. And that's certainly something that I would never repute to our good Lord. No, no, well said. And I want to, well, you know what, I'm going to back, we've got so much more to talk about. I was going to just make another comment, but I'll, I'll hold that. Uh, I want to bring in the smartest guy into the room, Archbishop Fulton Sheen. So if we can pull Sheen ahead. And this is a topic on religion and science. We hear a lot of that saying, get your religion out of our science. <laughs> I think if Bishop Sheen was alive today, he'd say, how could science be an enemy of religion when God commanded man to be a scientist the day he told him to rule the earth and to subject it? I thought, well, that sounds... You know, you know, Matt, it is hilarious when you think about the comments of Fulton Sheen from 60, 70 years ago and how, how they still they... are pertinent today in the church. Amen to that. You know, it, uh, I actually ran across a... Uh... A book years and years ago. It was not long after I came into the church, and of course, everybody's always uh, interested in the Book of Revelation. Oh, the book, you know, yeah. trying to trying to make it fit with the current events and so forth. Sure. Eighty reasons why <laughs> Jesus is returning in nineteen eighty, right? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but um, you know, and of course, I, I was heavily influenced by Doctor Hahn and, sure. and and all of that. But I read, I, I ran into a book called The Book of Destiny by a, by a father, Kramer. I don't remember his first name. Paul Kramer. Paul Kramer. And it was really, yeah. you know, and it's all about communism. And right. And I, I remember, this is in a, probably in the 90s, I'm going, hey, you know, Father Kramer, uh, the, the 50s called, they want their... Uh, <laughs> <you know. laughs> That's true, I <laughs> know him. policy back. Yes. But, but then, but you look at it now and it's like, holy smoke. Yeah. You know, it, it's really, it's, it is interesting... Uh, I, Dennis Prager, I, I heard a little snatch of his program this morning. He said, you know, that he did his his uh, um, academic work studying the propaganda techniques of the communists. That's right, he did. And he said it never occurred to him that that would be useful in this country, in the West. Wow. Yeah. Yep. Really, it's how, how things change. Amazing. I want to, before we get into the topic of today, I just have some good news stories, but also... This is taken from Father William Lawrence, so I didn't make this up. It's a, He's the North American Provincial for the Priestly Fraternity of St. Peter. And for those who say, who are they? Uh, this is an a, a order of priests who say the traditional Latin Mass. And um, I was at their church on Saturday in Sacramento, 
and uh, just very beautiful uh, chapel. They converted an old Protestant church into a magnificent Catholic church now. So they said this, trust in God is virtually important for our salvation. Trust in God, not trust in yourself. Mm, How about that? (laughs) Yeah. Without hope and trust, we cannot live, grow, or develop either in the natural or on the spiritual life. In the natural life, there sometimes comes a time when elderly or sick people give up. I've seen that. Mm -hmm. At that point, death usually follows quickly. In other words... These people give us, give up hope in living. The spiritual life is similar, folks. Without hope, supernatural life ends quickly. Without trust, a person's spiritual life loses motivation and becomes, I love this word, lethargic. In other words, just like slow motion. The person who lacks a strong trust in God at best that vegetates, <laughs> and at worst falls into spiritual sloth and even despair. Wow. Hope and trust are what motivate us. And why do I bring this up, Matt? Because we live now in times where the church has just a lot of weak leadership. There's a lot of ambiguity being promoted, and it can undermine your faith. And I want to encourage people that, yes, you need to have hope and trust in God. You notice I didn't say in your priest your bishop, cardinal, or even the pope, mm-hmm. but in Jesus Christ. So keep our eyes on Jesus, uh, even among these times that we're living in. And I think the sacred heart of Jesus, later we're going to be talking about the devotion. And I really truly believe that this devotion to the sacred heart and uh, how it's so appropriate for our day and time to envelop ourselves, to uh, consecrate ourselves to the sacred heart of Jesus— But when we come back from the break, what I'm going to talk a little bit about is that Pope Francis naming new cardinals. And um, what's what's that all about? And what what are these cardinals going to be doing in the next conclave? Because um, it's pretty obvious. The Holy Father realizes he's 85 years old. He doesn't live forever. And um, he would like to influence, I'm sure, as uh, the the next pope. Yeah, I suspect that every... Everyone every, does that. Well, yeah, every every Pontiff. political administration, yeah. every every pontificate, yeah. you know, they want to see uh, their work become a legacy for the church. Sure, sure, yeah. absolutely. Very natural. So, so we'll cover that. Also, I want to thank everybody who's been supporting Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Amen. Consider being a monthly donor where you'll get downloads of quite a bit of material from, you said, Dr. Hahn, Grant Petrie, Tim Staples, all these guys we recorded over the last 40 years. We'll make available to you. Go to vmpr.org to sign up to be a monthly donor and check us out. We've got a men's conference coming up on the 18th of June. And so when we come back, we'll talk about the new cardinals in the Catholic Church and what that means to us. Ahoy polloi. <laughs> we're not management, we're in sales. Good thing of that. You're listening to the Terry and Jesse Show on Virgin Most Powerful. Stay with us, family. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show here on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Got a good news story here, Matt. I'd love to pick people up. 
The two-mile procession, June 19th, to launch Eucharistic Revival in the Detroit Diocese. And I I have to say, God bless the diocese for doing this, because they can see all the churches closing. Um, They understand the 2019 Pew Research Center, where roughly two-thirds of U.S. Catholics, they don't, don't believe in the real presence. And I'm seeing more and more parishes throughout the country bringing Jesus out onto the streets. And I think you were mentioning even at your own parish. Yep, that's right. That's right. Yeah, it's an, it's an important movement, and um, especially, as you say, because so many, even Catholics, um, don't understand or don't believe in the doctrine of the real presence. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, at the same time, the, 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 speaking of good news, there are actually more churches that have Eucharistic adoration and Eucharistic exposition now that's right. uh, here in the United States than ever before. Yep. So... Yeah, there's there's a loss of faith, you know, kind of generally, but there's also a very, uh, I think, very powerful movement. You know, it, just, it goes back to Bishop Sheen. It's that hour of power, the, yeah. the hour that makes my day to spend an hour uh, in the presence of our Lord. Yeah, well said. I just wanted to mention the National Catholic Register has an article about Pope Francis naming new cardinals. What's unsaid speaks volumes. You can read it yourself from the National Catholic Register, but what's interesting is many, like, for example, here in Los Angeles, we have Archbishop Jose Gomez, mm-hmm. who is the Archbishop for Los Angeles for quite a week, I think since 2012. And uh, normally that would be an area where a cardinal would be coming into Los Angeles since it's by far the largest diocese, double the size of Chicago or New York. Mm-hmm. But the Holy Father has decided to pick San Diego's bishop uh, to be a cardinal. And um, many of us are scratching our heads. Well, I, I will just say this. I know the bishop out in San Diego. I've met him. Yeah. Can I say something before, sure. you, before you go any further? Just quickly. Yeah. Uh, in regard to, to, to how really uh, what a surprising move this is, you know, in, in view of the, of the uh, yeah. standard operating procedure in the church. Sure. Los Angeles, not only is it's big, it's an archdiocese. Right. You know, and so the Bishop of Los Angeles is Archbishop to begin with. Right. San Diego is a suffering uh, diocese. That's right. right? They, 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 they're, they're at the suffrage of, of the Diocese of Los Angeles. Of course. That their bishop is not an Archbishop. Right. And for, you know, to, to do that tiddlywink move of, of, you know, like that leapfrog mm-hmm. of, of making a cardinal out of uh, a bishop of a, a suffrage diocese is really, it's almost unheard of. Yeah, as far as I can, it is. But but this has been Pope Francis's style. So we pray that um, things go well for us with this. But I will say this: as of 2016, uh, Southern California, here the largest diocese in the country, now has no uh, cardinal, uh, voting cardinal for the next conclave. And so I think. Like everybody, you know, the Holy Father's trying to set the stage. He's 85 years old. <clears throat> right. Um, his health is poor. <clears throat> and he's gonna. he's got 67% of the cardinals now uh, in the conclave for the next conclave. So I, I just will say this, that um, I'm not in management. I'm in sales. And so I want to remind people, even when things like this happen, don't depress, don't be depressed over these things because... You know, God can work miracles in spite of any of us. And I mean any of us. And so let's keep our eyes focused on Jesus, not your parish priest, not your cardinals, 
bishops, or even the Pope, because they will always disappoint you. A man has always, that's what the Psalms say, trusting God, not in man. Right. So I just want to make sure we stay focused on that. And, and Matthew, I want your comments, but I want to, mm-hmm. this brings me up to a survey that kind of sets the stage for this. But your thoughts about anything well, else about well, it? Well, so I wanted to share a, a quote from St. Augustine. That's great. Because, you know, he lived in, in troubling times as sure well. Did. And it was, a, it's in one of his letters, a, a woman, religious superior, mm-hmm. wrote to him about, about the, you know, complaining about the states of the episcopate, about the, you know, that she was convinced they were bad bishops and didn't know what to do and thought, you know, is this the end of the church? Is this the end of the, of all things, you know? And he reminded her, he said, there are, there are good shepherds and bad shepherds, so also in the flocks there are good and bad, <laughs> yep. right? The yep. sheep and the goats. And he says, I exhort you, therefore, not to be too much troubled by those offenses for which this very reason were foretold as destined to come. Right? In other words, she's scandalized. He's saying, but that's why Jesus foretold that there would be scandals, because you'd be scandalized. He said that when they came, we might remember that they had been foretold. Yes. And not be greatly disconcerted by them. But the Lord himself in his gospel foretold them, saying, Woe unto the world because of offenses, for it must needs be that offenses come, but woe to that man by whom the offenses come. Yeah. And, and you know, I, well said. I couldn't have said it better myself. No, St. Augustine said means a lot more coming from him. Oh, yeah. Sure. I, I, yeah, just a little. <laughs> Matt, shifting gears, I wanted to um, comment about a, a, a survey uh, that came out. It's very detailed. It's like 35 pages long. And they're saying that during the pandemic, during these two years when a lot of the churches were closed, Catholics couldn't go to Holy Mass, didn't get the confession. Of course you do. And um, their comments, Catholics grew accustomed to faith away from the pews. And I said to myself, well, what does that mean, faith away from going to church? Well, they they just kind of winged it on their own. And this survey said that, oh, everybody said, we're doing fine without going to confession. We're doing fine without going to Holy Mass. Yeah. Guess uh, what? They weren't, they weren't going to confession in the first place. Yeah. <laughs> right. Many of them weren't. Many of them weren't. But here's the, here's the kicker that, that I really thought it was interesting. Among the key findings, the survey discovered that a significant portion of Catholics have become accustomed not to being in the church. Mm-hmm. Yes, thank you, Richard. <laughs> yeah, no, the, the the audience didn't hear that. Richard oh. just came and he said exactly as you predicted. Yeah, that's right. Which is, in fact, yeah, that was something we talked about on the program. Yes, and the authors suggest that while here's the kicker, the pandemic that that while Catholics have been generally strengthened in their faith during the pandemic, many are in no rush to return to the pews. Well, you know what, Matt, I'm reading these statistics and all that, and I'm thinking, okay. They're trying to put a spin on this. Right. And the spin is, is it's not that important to go to church. We Catholics, we don't need. See, what they're setting up in my mind. Now, maybe I'm reading into it, Matt. Go ahead and tell me that's my conspiracy mind. (laughs) (laughs) Is that mass isn't important. Mm -hmm. Sacraments are important. What's important, are you ready, is your understanding of who God is. And whatever that is. You're fine with that. That's what I hear. Yeah. Well, you know what? I, boy, do I have a lot to say. I figured I'd I set you up on that one. <laughs> we don't, yeah. But you know, there, there's a couple of things. First off, Hit me. you know, they, well, it's it's a it's not a Catholic attitude. No, it isn't. Kind of me and Jesus uh, approach to the faith. Right. 
I put a lot of emphasis in in my role as a, as a teacher in the diocese and and in you know the the work that I do of the personal relationship with Jesus. You know, I, a lot of Catholics have shied away from that right. in, in recent I don't know, centuries. You know, maybe since this, since the Reformation came along and put so much emphasis on it, it maybe got de-emphasized right. in the church to our detriment. But but that's the thing is that that your personal relationship with Jesus and your relationship with the church are related. And you really can't have one without the other. The other thing is is that people, you 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 really put your finger on it when you said that they're they're working out their their own conception of religion, their own ideas about yes. That, that you know, it's like oh well, I will just invent a religion that I'm comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Okay, well you understand that when you know Martin Luther and company broke away from the church, I don't I don't think Luther. I think he he thought that he was just reforming the Catholic Church. He didn't know that he was starting his own new church, or yeah. that by the time he was dead, there'd be a hundred. Right. Or by the time that you and I sat down in front of these microphones, there'd be forty some thousand. Right. You know, and 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 it is and it is a problem. But it's not just in the pandemic. It's it's a problem that's that's endemic or systemic uh, within middle management in the church. I can recall being in a in a a formation program for people who are teaching the Catholic faith. Right. All right. So you would expect that they would be a little, you know, uh, have have more interest than than the typical Catholic in the pew. Mm-hmm. And one of the first things that we were taught is that we need to help people come up with their own conception of God yeah. with which they can be comfortable. I mean, that was it was that explicit. That's terrible. You terrible. Know? And 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 that you have to have your own conception of God, and it can't be. An old man with a long white beard sitting on a throne, <laughs> and they kind of went around the, the 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 room asking people, you know, what's your conception of God? And I got a lot of similes from nature: God's like a mountain, God's like the ocean, God's like the sky, uh, God's like happiness, or you know, whatever these abstract concepts. And I said, uh, to me, when I envision God, I see an old man with a long white beard sitting on a throne, <laughs> <laughs> because cute. the point is that God does have a human face. God became a human being, you know, because. A human being is the closest thing, uh, you know, the, the closest uh, analogy that we can possibly have. Right. I understand that God's a spirit. I understand he's a pure spirit. And I understand that that's also beyond my comprehension. Of course. And if I start trying to do it for myself, I'm going to start thinking of God as a mountain or, or the ocean. Of course. Or the happiness and, and that I feel in my heart. And and that's, nothing can be further from the truth because he's he's completely separate from the creation. But he entered into the creation specifically so that we could relate to him and 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 to and and he's the one you know well i'll, I'll put it to you this way Terry. Yeah. um going to church won't necessarily get you to jesus but going to jesus will get you to church amen that's you nailed it matt uh, when we come back we're going to talk about the sacred heart of Jesus. We're going to talk about the 12 promises of the sacred heart of Jesus. Oh, good. That's a, that's a lot more congenial topic. Well, you know what it is, though? It's really showing people how to uh, fall in love with Jesus, and it's the heart. And uh, the heart is a symbol of love. And what's really interesting when we come back, we're going to talk about St. Margaret Mary of Alico. And what happened in 1775, and how uh, it was a very similar time where the church was basically being poo-pooed by people inside the church and outside the church. Yes. And what did our Lord do? 
That's what we're going to talk about. Matt, I want to uh, give a plug to two things. The men's conference coming up on the 18th of June, since yes. this is June. There's still room for you to register for that. Um, ladies, get your husband to go yeah. as a Father's Day gift. And I tell you, it will sell out. Mm-hmm. So you, you, you have to register ahead of time. You can't show up and expect to find a seat. Right. Go to vmpr.org. Or if you are in the car driving and you, you want to make, you can do that call. Uh, make the call to 877-526-2151. We'll register for you for that. And um, I just want to remind everybody that this, this is the month of the Sacred Heart. That's why we're doing it. It's June 1st. <laughs> and I know you're going to hear the secular world saying that it's, uh, you know, Gay Pride Month. That's a sacrilege, okay? I'm sorry. That's sacrilegious. No, it's the Sacred Heart of Jesus Month. And uh, I think we as Catholics need to make it loud and clear that uh, our love is for Jesus Christ. And it's held in the Sacred Heart of Jesus. And you're going to find out when you come back these 12 promises and much more on why we have devotion to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Stay with us, family. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. I forgot to knock off those 10 push-ups I try to do every day here. <laughs> Only 10? Hey, when you're as old as I am, it's lucky I can pop off 10. Je- uh, Matt, I'm going to call you Jesse. I'm really excited about the topic of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. You know, during the 17th century, Jesus appeared four times to St. Margaret Mary of Alico. She was a French visitation nun. And in these apparitions, Jesus asked that Catholics receive Holy Communion on the first Friday of the month, adore our Lord in the Eucharist, and celebrate a feast in honor of the Sacred Heart. That doesn't sound too demanding, does it? No, it seems seems pretty reasonable. Now, at that time, the French Revolution was going on, okay? And we all know uh, they threw God out of, the, out of uh, family life. life. Yeah, sure. And I kind of think, Matt, maybe I'm on to something, but I think we have a very similar situation in our culture right now that there's no room for God in, a sec- in this secular world that we're living in right now. Mm-hmm. And they're making it clear. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, that, uh, yeah, he need not apply. Huh? Right, and, and so I just wanted to uh, say in these troubled times when so many men and women, families, and young people are troubled by the afflictions of modern world, modern life, there's never been a greater need to look at the, so the, the idea of devotion to the sacred heart of Jesus. So I want to encourage everyone to do that. The Jesuit order had really a charism promoting this. And I know, Matt, I don't know if you've had your house enthroned to the Sacred Heart, but you can go on Google and just type it in. Sure. And all the image, forms are there. Having an image of the Sacred Heart. In, in the home. And, yeah. and, and having you, your wife, and children sign the document mm-hmm. that you're enthroning the Sacred Heart of Jesus. So I want to encourage that. But I want to just take a minute because uh, there's, there's 12 promises. And the first promise... I mean, it's like, sign me up. I'm a family man. (laughs) Think about this. I will give them all the graces necessary in their state of life. Right, so whether you're a family person or or priest, religious, whatever it is. Yes, your devotion to the sacred heart, he's guaranteeing you that. The second one, 
I will establish peace in their home. All right, how many people right now, we, we, we gave the statistics <laughs> yesterday on the Terry and Jesse show, that by the time a young man is 17 years old or a young woman in their home, 50% of those kids are going to grow up with one parent, not two. Mm-hmm. Now, Matt, think about that. 50% don't have mom and dad at home growing up. Yeah, can I can I just throw in? No, throw it in. We just, we just had another one of those uh, awful uh, shootings. Right? Yes, we did. Where the kid shot up a, an elementary school. Yeah, just, t- just you know, it's horrible. Just so tragic, and you know, people say, "Well, you know, what is it?" And you know, Tony Eslin actually wrote a terrific article. I think probably one of the best things I've seen uh, examining that phenomenon and and looking at the at the uh, you know. When you had motive and opportunity, yeah, you know, and it's like, and and he's saying, what is their motive? What is the thing? What and and we have a tendency to say, well, it's it's you know, the availability of guns is the problem, or or we don't have enough, uh, uh, you know, programs for for those who are mentally uh, ill or, or whatever it might be. And he just pointed out, it's like you know, if you if you're looking for a thread there, um, how many of these shooters came from broken homes? How many grew up without a father? And and these are you know. To have peace in your home, yeah. What what an important what what a, what a wonderful promise, and and more important now than ever. Absolutely, and then the third promise: I will comfort them in all their afflictions. You know, Matt. That's the other side of that same coin. That's the other side of the coin. Yep. I'm going through them quickly because we're going to have church militant on the fourth yes, segment. Yes, I, I'll, I'll stop. Number four. No, I want you to keep <laughs> give, giving it. But I will. Number four. I will be their secure refuge during life, and above all in death. So. Giving yourself to the sacred heart of Jesus. Say, Jesus, I trust in thee, right? I mean, there's a similarity of the promises of St. Faustina with divine mercy mm-hmm. and the connection to the sacred heart of Jesus. Yes, amen. Now, number five, I will bestow abundant blessings upon all their undertakings. Matt, I have to tell you, you didn't probably knew this, but every apostate we've ever had, we've been thrown to the sacred heart of Jesus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, everyone. Why? Because look at the blessings we receive. That's right. Give it all to him. And then this sounds like a promise from St. Faustina. Check this out, Matt. Sinners will find in my heart the source of infinite ocean of mercy. Yeah. Does that sound like Faustina? Yes. Mm -hmm. They're very similar. So, again, I just want to make a comment about mercy. Sometimes we forgot that mercy doesn't come automatically. We have to do what the gospel said. Repent and believe in the gospel. And I want to just make the comment that sometimes people have a false idea of mercy that says, no matter how bad you are, you don't have to ask for mercy. God's going to forgive you. I'm sorry, Matt. That's not the gospel. No, his his love is most certainly unconditional. That's right. Salvation, on the other hand. (laughs) No, that's true. That's a good point. Yeah. All right, here's one that, do we have any lukewarm Catholics out there? Remember Father Bill Casey's talk? Yeah. The scourge of the church, lukewarm Catholics? Yeah. Number seven, lukewarm souls shall become fervent. See, that's the group that says, I don't need to go to church. You know, I just, I just heard a story just uh, tell me. today or yesterday about a woman whose kids were away from the church, and they, her and her husband, started very uh, devoutly praying uh, you're talking about Divine Mercy, the yeah. Divine Mercy Chaplet, and 
Uh, two of those three kids are are back. They're back in the home, Praise going God. to church. Praise God. And, and she said they're they're doing a, a Bible study together as a family. And she said I couldn't a year ago envision that. I, yeah, I couldn't even envision. I couldn't even imagine it. So ah. This is, these promises are powerful. Yep. Number eight, fervent souls shall quickly mount to high perfection. Yes. See the, again. You see the process from lukewarm to fervent and fervent. There you go. There you go. Number nine, I will bless every place in which an image of my sacred heart is exposed and honored. Matt, I'm just going to tell a story real quickly about the Sacred Heart Chapel that maybe some of you haven't heard. But 20-some years ago, we were able to purchase the Sacred Heart Chapel from the Diocese of L.A. And I was told that they buried an image of Jesus, the Sacred Heart, the Holy Family, under the ground, outside the church, under this big stained glass window of the Sacred Heart. Mm -hmm. And they said, you should probably go, the priest said, and see if it's still there. I said, absolutely. So Mr. Engineer, who's still here, he's still breathing. Yes. I'm still breathing. (laughs) Someone's going to lose that story somewhere. But Richard goes and gets the shovel and digs up the image. You were there for that, too. Okay. And why do I say that? I really believe our chapel is devoted to the Sacred Heart of Jesus all of the images, like behind the altar, we have St. Margaret Mary and having the apparition of our Lord visiting her. Uh, you can't uh, you know, come into the chapel without realizing that God's love for you in the Sacred Heart. So that's just my little quick story of my testimony to the Sacred Heart. Another one, I will give to priests the gift of touching the most hardened hearts. Mm. Now that what an important gift. is critical in the church. Do we have any hardened hearts out there like Nancy Pelosi? Mm. No, I'm really, Joe Biden, they think they're, see, there's another example of our topic. They think that they're devout Catholics. Yeah. It's, it's not true. And they're <clears throat> fooling themselves. And as I said, you know, I always tell you, Matt, St. Felix III said, not to oppose error is to approve it, not to defend truth is to suppress it, and indeed to neglect to confound evil men. When we can do it, is no less a sin than to encourage them. That's why we have to encourage people like Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi with the truth that they shouldn't be receiving Holy Communion. Yeah. Why? Because it's detrimental to their salvation. And I want to see them get to heaven. I've got nothing against them other than that they're, they're doing false advertising mm. and that it's endangering other souls that might think, hey, well, they can do it. Why can't I? Right. All right. Number 11. Those who shall promote devotion shall have their names written in my heart. Oh, folks, you're promoting it. Matt's promoting it. I'm promoting it. Written in my heart. Wow. Sign me up for that. Mm -hmm. Number 12. I promise you in the excessive mercy of my heart that that my all-powerful love will grant to all those who receive Holy Communion on the first Fridays on nine consecutive months the grace of final perseverance, they shall not die in my disgrace, nor without receiving their sacraments. My divine heart shall be their safe refuge in this last moment. Um, sign me up for that, okay? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's powerful, Matt. It is. I, you know, you, you mentioned the, the connection between the promises of the Sacred Heart and what was revealed by our Lord to, right. to St. Faustina, but it actually it, it goes back 
further. You know, you can find That's right. the, the, these essential yep. ideas about the, the devotion of the Sacred Heart in the writings of Gertrude the Great. That's correct. And right. and uh, yep. and of course, you know, she was spiritual friends with Saint Bernard of Clairvaux. <laughs> there you go. Right. And and you know, it all kind of comes full circle. But but all of these things, you know, even though at at various times our our Lord you know, sees fit to to emphasize something. None of it's new, Terry. No. These, you know, the idea, oh, Jesus' heart is, is an ocean of mercy. Wow, that's a new thing. No, no, no it's not. <laughs> you know, and and it's it's just, it's so important yeah. for us to to be reminded, you know, because um, I'll, I'll quote Merlin mm-hmm. uh, from Excalibur, right? Uh, the, yeah. the, the wizard in King Arthur's court. He said, it is the doom of men that they forget. Yep. And, man, and so important. Man, I want to give you a time, a minute here to plug your show oh, that sure. follows right after the Terry and Jesse show. Why don't you take a minute to do that? Because you're going to be leaving us. Yes, right. You guys, uh, Church yep. Militant coming up, right. final segment here on the Terry right. and Jesse show. And then uh, here on a Virgin Most Powerful Radio. And so if you're actually listening to this on radio and you'd like to to uh, hear my program, you don't have to stop listening to your local radio station. You go to vmpr.org and we archive all these programs. That's right. Uh, or, you know, of course, if you're listening, I encourage you to continue listening. We're going to be talking about a whole bunch of uh, stuff, actually more from uh, the High Priestly Prayer, which was uh, the, I, I know in a lot of dioceses, they did the, uh, celebrated the Ascension on Sunday instead of the Sunday reading. So we're going to do the Sunday reading. We're going to talk about the Venerable Bede. We're going to talk about seven biblical uh, reasons why you shouldn't worry and lots more on No-Nonsense Catholic. Come awesome. up right after Terry and Jesse's show. Thanks so much, Matt. Arnold, and up next, a uh, update for the news with, with uh, Joe Gallagher from Church Militant. Stay with us, family, for much more information on how to fall in love with Jesus and his church. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse show. To join the conversation, call 888 888- Five two six two one five one. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Welcome back. Exactly right. We are too blessed to be stressed. We're too anointed to be disappointed. And if hope was money, Jess and I would be billionaires. We've got Joe Gallagher with Church Militant here. Joe, welcome to our show, brother. How's it going, Terry? Thanks I just say I'm, I'm blessed by the best, man. I'm I'm a happy camper, even in the midst of such confusion, because my love for Jesus Christ overwhelms all the bad things that are happening because I want to stay focused on Christ. So Amen. I ask you guys to come on every week, uh, and I ask you to give us a little feed of what you guys are doing in the news that night, because I want people to be informed and high-information Catholics so they know what to pray for and what to look for, and also to be informed on your website at Church Militant of all the resources you guys have. So what do you have coming up for tonight, Joe? Absolutely, yeah, as you mentioned, uh, uh, Terry. We've got uh, evening news every weeknight at 7 p.m. Eastern at churchmilitant.com. Just go right there. It's on the homepage, and we've got an hour-long broadcast bringing, obviously, you know, authentic mm-hmm. Catholic analysis with hard-hitting news. And tonight we're covering a few different stories, and as you're mentioning, not to be too uh, too too worried about what's going on oh. and just constantly having faith in our Lord. Absolutely. But a... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we have uh, craziness happening in Washington, D.C. <laughs> There's this uh, big uh, big movement happening right now by shut, hashtag shutdown D.C. They're wanting to blockade the Supreme Court 
for on June 13th, which is one of their decision dates for uh, the 2022 year. And it's all with the anticipation of the potential overturning of Roe v. Wade, obviously putting the ball in the court of the states. And these people, I mean, I don't really know how else to, to frame it as they just they're just crazies. They're psychopaths <laughs> wanting to do what they're doing. You know, they're talking about we're in a, a crisis of democracy. We're, we're a constitutional republic, guys. Why is this a talking point that we hear everywhere? <laughs> well said. And Joe, you know, uh, people not only are going to get the news every single uh, day from you, but uh, there's all kinds of updates. You guys are doing investigations. I mean, this is why I said high information Catholics. You guys mm-hmm. give it all to us. Now, what else is happening after that topic? What, what's another cover? What another story? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, you know, as, as a quick uh, plug before we dive into some of the other stories we've got going on, one, uh, we have uh, the Marion Moment. That's our new premium program that just aired last night. The first uh, the first episode will be airing once a week every every uh, Tuesday. Good. And that talks about Our Lady and how she is the antithesis of communism. And it was put together, produced by one of our reporters, uh, Dr. William Mahoney. It is awesome. And actually tonight, right after Evening News, we have a special report coming out as well, which was put together by the one and only amazing Christine Niles. But, uh, you know, enough of that. So I uh, so as we know, a lot of Catholics know that uh, McElroy was, uh, was of San Diego, Bishop McElroy of San Diego, was elevated to a cardinal. Well, it was named to become a cardinal by Pope Francis. And actually, if you start looking at some of the canon law uh, requirements for that, it doesn't really seem like he makes the cut, Terry. So we actually, I printed it off for you, and I even highlighted Canon 351, so it talks about those promoted as cardinals are men freely selected by the Roman pontiff, who are at least in the order of presbyterate, so on, you know, just mm-hmm. those minor necessary qualifications, sure. and are especially outstanding for their doctrine, morals, piety, and prudence in action. And that's there's a big question mark with that, of which course. we'll be covering tonight. You know, I mean, uh, McElroy is somebody that believes that climate change is, is more uh, detrimental to society than abortion. That's he's, right. He he's talked about the intrinsic, uh, intrinsic evils not uh, being necessary to guide a voter. So it's very scary. Yeah, very scary. And that's why we need to be praying for our leaders. Mm-hmm. I go back to a book that I read back in the late 70s by Monsignor George Kelly. He said uh, it's called Battle for the American Church. Ignatius still publishes it. And he says, where's the church going where its leaders take them? That's why it's so important, because as the Bible says, we have that holy priest, holy people. And so this is why it's so critical that we have holy bishops, holy priests, because it's incredibly uh, important for us lay people to have role models who are role modeling a biblical worldview. And I'm going to be honest with you, San Diego is not that. I'm just 90 miles north of that place, and I can tell you, uh, you're absolutely right. He's not a good candidate. No, it's it's really scary, but you're, I agree with you 100%. It's one of those things where you have to pray and fast, offer up mortifications of the flesh for future priests and current priests and bishops yep. that they do adhere to the fullness of the truth. They take on the courage that is necessary to lead to lead their flock in what is obviously a very trying and polarizing climate, both politically and theologically in the church. So definitely need to continue praying, but let's be honest, it's going to be a lot of prayer. Amen. Now we have another story coming up. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So this one uh, has to do with Disney Plus and one of their newest partnerships with a group called 
GLSEN, G-L-S-E-N, it's the Gay, Lesbian, Straight Education Network. Ridiculous, ridiculous stuff. Talking, uh, they're, they're, uh, they're peddling the drag queen oh. agenda and uh, obviously targeted towards our children. It's a children's program and there I was looking at some of the drag queens and I encourage anybody listening to really go look at the social media of these drag queens. One of them, Jackie Cox, and the other one is Nina West. Nina West is pushing out you know, kids' stories, trying to explore kindness through the eyes of you know, a drag queen, et cetera. It, it's the, these are the people that uh, secular media are wanting to educate and form our children. I mean, everybody has grown up and had very influential TV shows and news programs sure. and even commercials. You remember com uh, commercial uh, 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 songs even, you know, of course. through your whole life. So, but 50 years from now, our eight-year-olds are going to remember Nina West and Jackie Cox. Unbelievable. Is this microphone mm -hmm. on? When I right. hear things like that, it just, again... St. John Paul II wrote that letter to the family in 1994, and he said the way the family goes is the way the culture goes. And this is why earlier, Joe, I was talking about devotion to the sacred heart of Jesus mm -hmm. and the 12 promises of the sacred heart and why we need to in, just get our families involved in our faith in a way that uh, the sacred heart will, will do. And I just want to encourage the month of June— and, and you guys have already talked about this. I think I heard it already. Uh, you know, this is the month of the sacred heart of Jesus, not Gay Pride Month. And so we need to take it back. We need to push back. And this is something you guys do really, really well, Joe. Church Militant says, no, we're not going to take it sitting down. And I quote a pope, and I think that he would be very appropriate for Church Militant as a patron saint. Saint Pope Felix III he said, okay. he said, not to oppose error is to approve it. Mm -hmm. Church militant Absolutely. never approves it. He always goes, so you always oppose it. Not to defend the truth is to suppress it. You always defend the truth. And indeed, to neglect to confound evil men, church militant always does confound evil men, when we can do it, is no less a sin than to encourage them. So I see church militant doing exactly what St. Pope Felix III did in 475, and here we are in the 21st century, and what he says applies to us today. And I just want to thank you guys for being that beacon you know, of light for us. Sure. No, obviously, blessed be God. And thank you to our Lord and Our Lady, of course, yeah. that allows us to do this work. But you're right. You know, obviously, I, I also oversee our resistance program, which is Church Milton's grassroots activist arm. And that's something that our Detroit chapter actually just did when it comes to uh, the, the month of June. Is it Pride Month or is it a devotion to the Sacred Heart? Which one is it? There's a uh, there is a Ferndale, which is the city that we're in, uh, very, very, very pro-gay agenda. And we had three resistance members go to the Ferndale City Council meeting every year. They pass a, a motion to uh, or an ordinance to raise the pride flag for the month of June. And they said, well, if you're going to be open to inclusion and diversity, we ask that you pass through a, a emergency ordinance to allow for the uh, raising of the sacred heart flag as well, it. above the pride flag. And they, the way that they went about it was not in some angry and demeaning way, but it was, it was done with, with scholarship and charity and allegiance to the truth, but without willing to back off. And it's a very fine line that has to be walked, but I, I have it. to say, 
hats off to Detroit Resistance for doing that. Man, you guys are doing great work. Keep it up. Joe Gallagher from Church Militant, thanks for joining us every single Wednesday here on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. God bless you and your community there. God bless. God bless. Folks, I just want to mention that every show, if Jesse was here, I'd say, Jess, what state should we be living in? And of course, Jesse would say the state of grace, because that's the only thing that matters in life. And he's absolutely right. And how do we do that? We stay close to the sacraments, right? And the sacred heart of Jesus, we had a, a, a segment on that. And I just want to encourage you to Google enthronement of the sacred heart to your family, because this is a great devotion to entrust your, your wife, your husband, and the children. They sign that document saying, I give my life to Jesus Christ under the sacred heart of Jesus. Please seriously consider doing that. And I can't say, you know, don't ever forget that the enemy, I should say the enemy, the devil is always out to get us. But because we have our love for Christ, that overwhelms us with a special grace to say no to evil. And how do we do that? By staying in the state of grace. And remember, Our Lady of Fatima said it well when she said that souls are going to hell because no one is there to pray and make sacrifices for them. Are you willing to make reparation? That's what the Sacred Heart talks about. That's what Our Lady said. Remember, the Immaculate Heart and Sacred Heart are two feast days together, one after another, because they beat the same heartbeat. It's Jesus and Mary together. That's why I want to encourage you in the month of June. Do me a favor. Action item. Study devotion to the sacred heart of Jesus. Read about it. And then if you haven't had your house enthroned to the sacred heart, that's an action item. Get a enthronement packet sent to you. You can do it right online and have you enthroned the sacred heart. I'd encourage if you get a parish priest to say mass at the house at your house and enthrone the sacred heart. There's many graces that come from that. So again, I hear the music. I want to encourage you to keep the fight going for your faith under the staying of the sacred heart of Jesus and the immaculate heart of Mary. And I also want to encourage you to stay with us for No Nonsense Catholic with Matt Arnold coming up after a quick break. I guarantee you, you'll learn something about your faith and it'll build you up in the faith. Because that's the whole purpose of Virgin Most Powerful. What is it? To get you to heaven. How do we do that? By falling in deep in love with Jesus Christ and his bride, the church. But we need to know our faith, we need to love our faith, and we need to live our faith. And how do we do that? By sharing our faith. So I want to encourage you to spread these messages we have by these podcasts. Don't send them off to your friends. That's how we grow in, mess- in the message of Christ throughout the world. May God richly bless you and your family and stay tuned for No Nonsense Catholic on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. And thank you again for all your support to make it happen. God love you.